Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of Horror City. That's right, we are back. We've taken a little hiatus because of, well, hmm, uh, live performances and other types of gigs that we've had over the past couple of months. So it kind of put us back a little bit. But hey, guess what? We're back. Right now we have all the content ready for episodes 8, 9, and 10, all recorded not necessarily edited yet, but ready to go. So starting in 2017, expect a lot of content to be coming at you fast and furious. Hey, Horror City's back. Yeah. Oh, they're here. But are we? Do they know how to get out? Episode 8, Harbor City Cleanup, written and directed by James Blaisdell. Youth of Tomorrow, written and directed by Reverend Bacon. Oh, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Happy Harbor. I'm so glad you've joined us today because today we get to do something really fun. We get to clean up. What's that you say? Cleaning up isn't fun. Oh, I have to disagree with you there. Anything can be fun if you look at it the right way. I see you still don't believe me. Well, let me prove it to you. Come along and follow me to Swan's Pond. Here we are at Swan's Pond. As you can see behind me, some people have made a big mess. They've left things thrown all about. Things like crumpled bits of paper, bullet casings, a handgun, a bloody knife, some heroin, a briefcase, and two dead bodies. Look at how sad this has made Mrs. Swan. <laughs> Hello, Fred. Why would these people leave such a mess around my pond? Did I do something wrong? Huh? No, Mrs. Swan, you didn't do anything wrong. These two people were here doing something illegal called a drug deal. What's a drug deal? Huh? And how did it make such a mess? Well, first off, a drug deal is when two or more people get together to exchange illegal mind and body altering substances known as drugs for large sums of money, like the cash inside this briefcase for these bags of heroin. If the drugs were here, and the cash, how did they both end up making such a mess and wind up dead? Well, Mrs. Swan, not all people are smart. In fact, some people are downright stupid. If these two guys were smart, they would have just exchanged the goods for the money and your pond would have been as clean as normal. But seeing as these two were complete morons, they must have gotten into a fight over the cash or the drugs. Or one of them could have thought the other one was a cop. That would have caused them to argue. Then one pulled a knife and the other pulled a gun, and they fought and killed each other. It's such a shame that they couldn't just be smart about the deal. Ah, now they're both dead. And even worse, all the poor junkies that needed their fix are most likely going through withdrawal pains by now. Oh no! 
people are in pain? Huh? Can we do anything, Fred? Yes, we can, Mrs. Swan, but we need to be smart. If we mess anything up, you, me, and all of your eggs could end up as dead as these two idiots in the dirt here. What do we need to do? Huh? After he called me over, I decided to bring some things with me. I have these two big FVP plastic barrels, a chainsaw, some containers of hydrochloric acid, various household cleaning supplies, and a pickup truck. With these, we can clean up this mess. We need to make sure we get everything we can, Mrs. Swan. If the people that worked with these guys show up and find any trace of them, everyone in your pond could be in danger. Fred, tell me what to do, huh? Here you go. Take this chainsaw. First, we need to cut these guys up and put their pieces into the two barrels I brought. Go. Well, it's not going to be pretty, but if it will protect my eggs and my friends. That's the spirit, Mrs. Swan. Now let me gather their belongings and see what we need to keep and what we need to destroy. that this wasn't part of the plan, but we don't need to stop what we're doing. As far as we're concerned, he was dead already. So just pretend he's dead and cut him up anyways. Start with the head this time so that he won't wake up again. Won't that make me a... Ha! Murderer? Yes, it does. However, if he wakes up and finds his buddies, he'll tell them about what you were doing here and kill us all. So, you see, it's him or us, Mrs. Swan. I say swing that saw down hard and stop worrying about it. Yes. Ha! Huh? Yes, I will. For the eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Great job! Now finish chopping up those guys and put them in the barrels while I separate what we need from their belongings. You see, gang, if we're going to pull this off, we need to make sure we have all the parts we need. I'm taking the cash out of the briefcase and putting it in this plastic bag. I'm doing the same with the heroin, but in a separate bag. Everything else except what we have in the bags can go in the barrels. Are you done yet, Mrs. Swan? <laughs> yes, Fred. Ha! I'm done. Wow, you did a great job, Mrs. Swan. I'm so proud of you. Now we can put this briefcase and the bullet casings and weapons in here, too. Now comes another messy part. Oh, Lord, no, Fred. Please don't ask me to cut anyone else up. Ha! Please. <laughs> Don't be silly, Mrs. Swan. There's nothing else to cut up. No, I need you to get the cleaning supplies and clean up all the blood you can in this area. After that, take the grass and the dirt that still has blood on it, but it couldn't be cleaned up, and put them in the barrels, too. Don't forget to toss in those sponges and towels. Then I'm going to do the next messy bit. Oh, okay, Fred. 
I'd be happy to do it. Now, if you at home ever need to do this kind of thing, always remember that safety comes first. You'll need special treated long plastic gloves, safety goggles, a face mask to help prevent breathing in any gases, and a lab coat. The lab coat, gloves, and goggles will go into a separate bag we will dispose of later. Now, as soon as Mrs. Swan cleans everything I asked her to, we can begin to get messy. Here you go, Fred. What do you need me to do now? You need to put on these goggles, gloves, face mask, and lab coat, Mrs. Swan. Even though I'm doing this part, I want to make sure that you're safe, too. Are you ready? Okay. I've got everything on. Now, I'm going to open the first bottle of hydrochloric acid and pour it into this barrel. Fumes and smoke will come out, so be sure not to breathe it in. Those fizzy and popping sounds are from the acid breaking down the contents inside the container. When it's done, all that will be left is a reddish-brown liquid that can be disposed of more easily than a dead body would have been. Plus, there will also be no dental records or fingerprints or even any usable DNA. Wow, look at his face melt right off. Good thing he was dead this time, right, Mrs. Swan? I think I'm going to be sick. Huh? Oh, I'm sorry, Mrs. Swan. Go ahead and throw up in the other barrel. We can dissolve the puke with that body when we get to it. Okay, now that we've dissolved both bodies in both barrels and sealed them up tight, we can move to step two of the plan. You mean all that was just step one? Huh? How much more until I can go back to my life as it once was? We don't have much farther to go. However, Mrs. Swan, you can never go back to the way things used to be. All any of us can do is grin and bear it, then try to live our lives like it never happened. Um, okay. Sure. I guess. Now we load up the barrels and our supplies back into the truck and secure them so they don't fall off. There we go. Now, Mrs. Swan, you and I could take these poor liquefied bastards to their final resting place. Okay. That's good. Where are we going to take them? The only good place to put trash like these guys is the dump. So off we go. Here we are at Happy Harbor Dump Site number 35. I didn't know we had such a large dumping area nearby. Well, Happy Harbor has lots of garbage to throw away. Plus, by allowing other cities to dump here, our mayor, Miss Wolf, gets huge amounts of money and gives all of us in Happy Harbor tax cuts to make up for the loss of land. Wow! Not bad. Now, back to the task at hand. We need to find Randy the Rat. Oh, there he is. He's walking over to us. He looks angry, Fred. Fred, I thought I told you it would be dangerous for you to show your face around here again. Do you have a death wish? Now, Randy, you know I had nothing to do with those stolen car parts. I was just delivering things like I always do. Yeah, well, me and the other rats here think you've been boosting cars and selling the parts. That's our territory, Fred. They all think I should let them show you how our garbage compactor works from the inside. I know you all feel bad, but I'm here to make amends and to hire you for a job. Amends? How do you plan on doing that, Fred? This bag's full of money is how. There's more than enough money in there to make up for any misunderstanding we may have had, along with enough for me to hire you to dispose of a problem for us. 
I don't know how you got all this money, Fred, but I've got to say you have impressed me. Here I figured we would need to hunt you down, but no. You come in here like a man and you pay your debt to me personally. I like that. I see you've got some special barrels in your truck. Is this the usual crush and go, or do you need the incinerator too? I'm glad we could work that out. The barrels will need the crusher, yes. The other bag will need the incinerator. It has gloves and coats and stuff we use to clean Mrs. Swan's problem. Yes. Ah. Clean. Ah. We, we made it clean for the eggs. Hmm. Ah. Is she gonna be okay? Nothing a good night's sleep and some booze won't fix. Oh, whatever you say. Just back up to the compactor and we'll do the rest. Sure thing, Randy. And thank you for everything. No problem. You are one of our best customers after all. I guess I am. Well, here we go. After this, Miss Swan, I'll take you home and you can continue to watch over your eggs. Can we stop at the liquor store on our way? I huh? need a drink or ten. I think that's a swell idea. Good night, Mrs. Swan. Good night, Fred. Thanks for helping me. I'm going to get drunk now and try to repress the memories. Good luck. Now, wasn't that a great day? We learned about resolving conflict, cleaning, payments, and chemistry. What's that, boys and girls? What happened to the heroine? Oh, I have that right here. I don't do anything for free, kids. I'm going to sell this heroin to those poor addicted junkies to give them some relief and then pocket the cash. But we could talk about that next time on Happy Harbor. Bye-bye! The Horror City crew recently recorded some special audio for our friends at Nava Sanctum. It is a dance troupe and performance troupe here in Memphis, Tennessee. This is some of the material that was used during their performance. This isn't Horror City content, but it was made by the creators. So it's just as good. Long ago, during a time of witchcraft and magic, there were three sisters of fate who kept balance across the universe, oracles who received and delivered their messages, and a queen who tried to defy them, setting chaos among the living. During a time of peace, Queen Zertabia ruled all of the Western lands. She was loved by all of her people near and far. Thirty years she reigned before receiving a message from the oracles of great disaster. Overwhelmed by this news, she called upon the three sisters of fate to affirm the truth of this message. Zertabia was devastated by this news as she did not want to die, nor did she want her lands to be destroyed. In anguish, Zertabia called upon Hades of the Underworld and made a deal allowing her the power to steal the essence of the Three Fates and contain it in a sealed box. Zertabia, you have crossed the threshold to the Underworld to pay me a visit. What a nice surprise. Tell me what it is that you want, and it shall be yours. And you shall be mine forever.
As long as their essence remained from their embodiment, no fate could be unwield and Zertavia would not die. If Zertavia used the power given to her by Hades to release the three fates back into their bodies, she would be sent to the underworld to govern at Hades' side. The power of the box was fiercely strong, for it contained all universal fate. Unknown to any but Zertavia, if it were ever to be opened, it would bring death and destruction to all of Earth. Zertavia knew, as a mere mortal herself, she could not protect the box from being opened, so she gave it to a coven of witches for safekeeping. The sealed box remained guarded by the coven for 30 years, until one day an unknown woodland witch sensed the box was near. Many years she had searched for the box, and she'd finally found it. Knowing the box was protected by the coven, she cast a spell on them while they were sleeping, causing them to be frozen in time for one full moon cycle, long enough for the woodland witch to steal the box and get away without a trace. As the spell faded, the witches quickly realized the box of fate had been stolen and that it was only a matter of time before it was opened and the destruction released. They quickly called upon the elements to help them locate the box. I call upon the element of water from all corners of the earth. I call upon thee to guide us. I call upon the element of fire from all cores of the earth. I call upon thee to guide us. I call upon the element of earth from all corners of the earth. I call upon thee to guide us. Element of air, from all corners of the earth, I call upon thee to guide us. Days passed, and finally they found it. As they set out to retrieve what had been stolen, an oracle appeared to them. Knowing oracles only appeared under great importance, their attention was fully gained. Alas, the news broke. The box had indeed been opened by the Woodland Witch. Death and destruction had now been unleashed upon the land of the living, sweeping its way across the earth with fire and ash. As long as the box remained open, all that was known to us would be doomed. Knowing time was of the essence, the Coven of Witches quickly devised a plan to disguise themselves as animals making themselves unrecognizable to the Woodland Witch. As nightfall approached, each witch shifted into an animal and retrieved the box while the Woodland wasn't looking and relocked its broken seal. With the box in hand, the witches returned to the queen who was sitting on her mountaintop throne viewing all of her lands covered in wildfire. The queen looked down at the box and remembered what the three sisters of fate had once told her. Knowing the destruction and death of so many people that loved her was at the fault of her own hands, Zertabia felt wretched with guilt. Despite her delinquency, the queen knew there was still time to turn things around. 
By the powers given to her by Hades, Zertavia released the three fates back to their bodies, knowing they were the only ones who could stop the destruction. As a price for all the harm she caused, Zertavia was killed by the three fates and given to Hades to rule by his side. The three sisters then stripped the Woodland Witch of all her magic and set her to roam the earth powerless. Within the days to come, the land stopped burning, the clouds cloaking the lands began to dissipate, and the ground slowly began to regrow. Queen Zertavia's story was told for generations to come as a reminder not to attempt to change fate, or the consequences may be great. Okay, ma'am. Run this by me one more time. I was at the liquor store and I turned around just for a second. And when I turned back around, my baby was gone. Oh, it's all my fault. I shouldn't have brought my baby to a place like that. It's not your fault, ma'am. A liquor store is a perfectly safe place to bring a baby. As I said, it's not your fault, ma'am. Please, detective. I miss my child. I'm going to do everything I can, ma'am. Now I have just one more question. Did you breastfeed your child? What? I know it's a strange and personal question, but I have a theory that may lead to some answers. No, I was using formula. You don't think that's why she was kidnapped, do you? I don't have any evidence to support that notion. However, there has been a spree of baby abductions, all of whom were formula-fed. I just don't know what to do! The HCPD has put together a support group for these victims. Here's a flyer. I promise to do everything I can to bring your child back. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have a hunch to follow. Uh, hello, Mr. Cherub. Cherub. Yes, Detective Doyle, what can I do for you? I'll cut right to the chase. There's been a spree of baby kidnappings in Harbor City. So far, we have no suspects and no leads except for one consistency. All of these babies were formula-fed. Interesting. If I could take a look at your delivery logs, we might be able to get a few leads. Detective, this is sensitive business information we're talking about. Isn't Cherub Industry, sorry, Cherub Industries a frequent donor to the Harbor City Fertility Fund? Hmm? You were quoted in the paper just last month, pledging your dedication to the right of everyone to a joyous parenthood. I'm a businessman first, and a family man second. Families are being torn apart, and all you can think about is sales? Sales are all that matter, Detective. Outside of PR, I really couldn't care less about the families of Harbor City. That's low, Sharub. Are you really telling me you won't lift a finger to save these babies? That you're only concerned with people starting families so you can profit from them? <sighs> Look, unless you have a subpoena for my business records, this conversation is over. Please leave before I call security. 
Not so fast, Cherub. Really? A wire? You were recording this entire conversation? It, it doesn't matter. I haven't confessed any crime. You're right. But what would the papers think? I really couldn't care about the families. <laughs> Damn it. If any of this comes back to bite me on the ass, you'll be hearing from my lawyers. Understood. You done yet? Almost. Wait, wait a minute. 212 Vismar Street. That's in a residential neighborhood. Why would they need this many containers of formula? I don't know, and I don't care. There's a shipment due for tomorrow morning. I need to ask you one last favor. I need you to hide me in that shipment. You are the weirdest policeman I have ever met. I get that all the time. You are an artist, Mengele! Yes, some of my finest work. But I hope my compensation will reflect that. You won't be compensating any- What in the blue motherfucking Jupiter's cock? What the fuck? Detective. Come to preview my latest creation? Those babies! They're... they're... Oh. Yes. Sewn together into the perfect suit of armor. You cannot shoot or strike without harming an innocent. And with it, I will never be forgotten again. They're babies. Babies. Who are you? Me? I... I, I am Chris Wildstein! Um, who? He was the one behind that prostitute scandal all those years ago. He was cast away, forgotten by society. Ah, yes! Yes, but now I am reborn! I am reborn! The youth of tomorrow will immortalize me! Thank you, Mengele! You're insane! Show him, Wildstein. With a simple flex, Wildstein can weaponize the shrill cry of babies. He can incapacitate, even kill at will. Arrest me or save the city, detective. The choice is yours. Damn you, Mengele! Do you hear that? Oh my god! Freeze! <laughs> my name is Chris Wildstein! You can call me Baby Suit. And hello, bank people! Guess what I'm here for? Please, don't hurt me. You open that vault! Put your guns down! Chief, I called the hospital. They said that Wildstein's mind will deteriorate so long as he is covered in baby flesh. I'm going in to negotiate. It's too dangerous. Worst is right. He could kill you in mere seconds. Rick, I have a duty to this city. I have to talk him down, not just for the babies, but for every law-abiding citizen in Horror City. As long as that man walks free, this entire city is in danger. 
I may be just two days from retirement, but as long as I'm the chief, it's my duty. No! My calling. I... I understand, chief. Godspeed. Help us. Shut up! Easy now. I'm just here to talk. Talking is stupid. Good God! This isn't going to end well. We either kill him and those babies, or his rampage continues unchecked. There's got to be a solution! Wait a minute. Worst, I've got an idea. Do you still have that flamethrower from the fundraiser last month? Uh, yeah, of course. I told you it's been passed down in my family since the war. I want you to fill it and at least ten gas canisters with Splunko brand laxative and tell the SWAT team to be ready to gas the building. Because you see, money controls everything. Babies. I got babies covering me from head to toe. <laughs> you. You. Ah. Please don't hurt me. I'm in control now. Say it. Say it. Say it. You're in control. That's right. <laughs> me. You. What is that? What is that? That gas? Gas, really? You're trying to gas me? No! I'm sorry, Wildstein. You left us no other choice. We couldn't help you even if we wanted. Good work, Worst. He was afraid of being forgotten. Still, Taking advantage of the young and innocent is never acceptable and always unforgivable. It's not up to them to pay for our sins. If anything, we owe it to them to create a better world. It won't take long to get these babies cleaned up and sent to their mothers. What about all this baby shit? Hmm. It's about to rain. See those glowing clouds? Yeah, another radiation storm. We better get inside. <laughs> Meet you at Porky's? Donuts are on me tonight. Episode 8, Harbor City Cleanup, written and directed by James Blaisdell. Youth of Tomorrow, written and directed by Reverend Bacon. Thank you for listening. Horror City can be found across the internet, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on SoundCloud, iTunes, and many more places. You can find all the information at horror.city. Just type into your browser, horror.city. That's it. And you'll find us. She said, little bunny foo-foo, stop that fucking shit, or else I'm gonna go and, you know, Bop you on the head, motherfucker. And <laughs> little buddy Foo-Foo ran off and told his mom, and then they got, took the good fairy to court. And, well, no. fucking millennials ruin everything. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>